Welcome in to the Unnamed MMA Podcast. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. Across from me, as always, Jordan Sherwood. Follow him on Twitter at WoodonESPN1000. A new year for us and a whole new slate of UFC fight nights, UFC pay-per-views for us to preview for the year 2024. We've got a UFC fight night coming up on Saturday, a, a rematch in the main event, uh, Magomed Akhalaev against Johnny Walker, and we'll talk about some of the news coming out of the UFC and coming from Dana White as far as UFC 299, UFC 300, and, of course, we finally have a date that Conor McGregor will be returning to the octagon and fighting at a very heavyweight <laughs> for him. I mean, he looked like he was putting on the pounds. If you follow him on social, he certainly looks a little bit heavier, and that 185 like is, is basically the weight that he has to compete at yeah. because he's no longer able to you know, even cut down to 170 or 155 or 145. And look, you know, I think... For me, I obviously would rather have him compete at, at lightweight or if I have to, welterweight, but it's great for the UFC that he's finally agreed to a date. He's agreed to an opponent in Michael Chandler, and whenever he steps in the octagon, if it is in June or it's sometime later on in 2024, it's good for the UFC, and the benefit's going to be all those fighters that are also a part of, of that card. Mm-hmm. So good that the UFC has is, is, is figured out a way to get Conor McGregor to return. Yeah, it's going to be great. And then we've got some, uh, you know, we've got some news here. We've got our, our, our news dog that alerts us when there's news. So some fights that are announced for uh, UFC 300. We've got Yuri Prohaska. We've got uh, Alexander Rakic. Those two are going to fight at UFC 300. Charles Oliveira, Armand Sarukian, Zhang Wei Li against Yahon Honan is going to uh, fight there too. And then Calvin Cater against Aljamain Sterling. And then the early prelims, it will kick off with Bo Nickel against Cody Brundage. Yeah, I mean, we knew about a couple of those cards. The latest ones were Oliveira versus Armand Sarukian. That's a big-time fight because we didn't know really what... Uh, what was going to happen in that division uh, and, and how the championship was going to play out. But now we know uh, the winner of that fight likely going to be fighting for the championship a little bit later on this calendar year. It's a great fight between Oliveira and Sarukian and uh, Zhang Lei and Yan Xiaonan fighting for the championship in the women's strawweight division. Hopefully this will be one of those type of cards that has three championship fights. I think we've seen that. We have seen that before in some cards way back when, and because of the uh, importance of UFC 300, maybe we get that. Because right right now, it, it's it's getting heavy, but it's not heavy like compared to 299. 298 is solid. Uh, they're going to have to come up with some bigger fight announcements uh, for UFC 300. Absolutely. We got some news, too, on UFC 299. We've got Dustin Poirier against uh, Benoit Saint-Denis for that uh, co-main event. That should be a really good one. As yeah, well. that's sick. The, fight, the, the fact that, you know, Dustin Poirier is, like, accepting that fight, that he's, you know, kind of taking a step down uh, to, to kind of reclaim his status atop the 155-pound division. Benoit Saint-Denis has been outstanding. I think he's on a five-fight win streak. That fight card is sick. I mean, when you're talking about, like, Peter Yan and Song Yudong is going to, like, open up the prelims, I think, yeah. kind of for, for that fight, potentially. Uh, that fight card is, is awesome, and, and Miami is certainly going to get spoiled. They don't get a lot of big-time fight cards, but they certainly will in this one. Yeah, a lot of... Uh a lot of good matchups on UFC 299. Not a lot of good ones yet on UFC 300, but there's still a lot of time for Dana White to announce those. We did get uh, someone 
I guess, requesting to be on UFC 300. The uh, and Jim Miller had his press conference for his fight against Gabriel Benitez uh, that's coming up on Saturday. Well, said, we've talked about this. I know, but he, now he's saying, he's like, I want to fight. Like He's, he's, like, I better, he, he's he, like, I better be fighting at UFC 300. I think that's always been the plan. I know yeah. that he's got this fight against Gabriel Benitez that we'll break down and, and talk about uh, in one of the featured, uh, featured fights of, uh, of Saturday afternoon. But it's important because... Uh, you know, Jim Miller was a part of UFC 100. He was a part of UFC 200. So naturally, and he's still competing very competitively. He should be on UFC 300. He's not going to fight Brock Lesnar, though. I think he teased about fighting Brock Lesnar at UFC 300. That's not going to happen. Uh, but Jim Miller should be on the card. Yeah, absolutely. And let's get started here previewing this UFC fight night. Uh, Ma- Magomed Ankalaev against Johnny Walker. Uh, this is, I think they're easing us into the new year, right? Like, this isn't great. It's fine. You've got a rematch. You know, their last fight was stopped because of an illegal knee to the face. So that was the end of that. And then, you know, you've got some decent fights on this card, but this is all the appetizer for UFC 295, or 297, excuse me, where we get Sean Strickland against Dracos Duplessis, which we got earlier uh, towards the end of last year uh, in the stands. They they should have just finished it Yeah, there. but Brandon Moreno's not going to be the referee. No, Brandon Moreno's not going to be one. in the middle of them. Uh, and I don't, think, uh, I don't think they want this one spilling into the stands, but let's start with our UFC Fight Night preview. We'll, go, we'll start with the first fight on the main card, Phil Haas against Bruno Ferreira in a middleweight fight. This should be a good one. Bruno Ferreira is minus 135 on the money line. Phil Haas plus 105 as the underdog. Um, you know, this Ferreira is usually someone who finishes people or gets finished. There's no kind of like in between with this guy. No, so. he, he is uh, a Hulk smash type of uh, yeah. fighter. I mean, and you could see if you look at his physique uh, and, and check out the weigh-ins. I mean, he it's very difficult to understand how this guy cuts down to 185 pounds, but he does. Uh, the peculiar thing, the interesting thing for me when I'm handicapping this fight is how does he respond to his first loss? And usually, typically, unless you're Habib Nurmagomedov or John Jones, like, you lose fights. You lose several fights throughout mm-hmm. your mixed martial arts career, even if you eventually become uh, a champion. But what do you do? How do you respond? How do you get better when you get humbled? And, th- and that's the situation. Uh, you know, he losses a big time uh, a favorite his last time out, got stopped, got knocked out in the first round. So how does he come back? He's coming back stylistically to a matchup that should favor him. Phil Haas is certainly been in the UFC for quite some time. Uh, he's competed at the you know lower to mid-tier of 185, but three of his last four fights uh, have come via losses, and they've come via stoppages. The chin is just not holding up anymore for Phil Haas, and we're not talking really against power punchers per se like we will be seeing in Bruno Ferreira. So I think this is a test to be essentially an, an ask by the UFC, like, Bruno Ferrer, are you who we thought you were? Mm-hmm. Here's an excellent opportunity, a guy that's not going to look to take you down, that's not going to have a distinct reach advantage like he was uh, against his last time out, and a guy that's been knocked out three of the last four times, whose chin is questionable, you're a knockout artist. So that's why it hasn't officially been cemented for me as one of my plays on FatJackSports.com. But I am going to play regardless. Bruno Ferreira straight up on the money line. I think he does bounce back. 
uh, after the loss that he took. I think he learned his lesson. But more importantly, it's the stylistic matchup going in against Phil Haas, a guy that's not going to look to implement a wrestling game. It's not going to threaten Bruno Ferreira with submissions. Now, granted, he could threaten him with some stand-up. Phil Haas does have some power. Uh, we saw him finish uh, Duran Wynn sandwiched in between those KO losses. Uh, but for me, I think this is a, a showcase fight for Bruno Ferreira. Get back on track. So take him in the money line. I think that's fine, just straight up. Why we get you to know, play around it? But if you want to hunt for value, it's the KO prop that I probably look at. Yeah, that's uh, Bruno Ferreira by knockout is plus one twenty five. Uh, if you're looking for some value hunting, and the next most valuable is they think that Ferreira might get knocked out because Phil Haas uh, by knockout is plus one ninety five. So if you're on the side of Phil Haas, maybe you go because Ferreira, like you said, he's a knockout or be knocked out type of uh, fighter. Then you know maybe the Phil Haas at plus one ninety five is intriguing. Well, if, to make you feel better about that, that Adam, then you look at what the round total is as an under one and a half right now at FanDuel is minus two sixty. So they're expecting these guys to kind of run into the center of the of the octagon, uh, and one of the guys is getting knocked out. I'm just going to go, I think, with what I, I've been alluding to, and that Phil Haas's mm-hmm. chin has really been subject to. Uh, KOs and TKOs of late, and I think that that's going to happen. All right, our next fight at uh, Bantamweight, Ricky Simon against Mario Batista. Simone. Simone. You did that that again. I did, yeah. yeah, Well, listen, here, okay. There's no, like, there's no, and I'm not trying to say that there needs to be an accent above it, but there's no, like, like little accent above the O. If there was an accent above the O, I'd be like, all right, Ricky Simone. But on paper, it just looks like Ricky Simon to me. So Ricky S. uh, is fighting against Mario (laughs) Batista. uh, Ricky Simone is minus 188, the favorite. Mario Batista plus 146. Simone 8-3 over his first 11 UFC fights. His last loss coming to Song Yadong last year. Batista is close to the top 15 in this division. um, And he's put together five straight victories, including three submissions in those five victories, and he is the underdog at plus 145. Ricky Simone is an action fighter. He is an action fighter, very good with his takedowns, can be strong with takedowns in round one, can be strong with takedowns uh, in round uh, five, and got humbled a little bit against Song Yudong. You know, we weren't expecting Song Yudong's power uh, and ability to keep a fight going into the fourth or fifth round because that was a guy that was questioned about his cardio, but he he, he stops Ricky Simone very impressively. And y- Yudong's, you know, kind of worth has, 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 has risen over the last couple of fights. So not as bad a loss uh, for Ricky Simone uh, coming into this. So I, I understand also he's extremely a powerful fighter. This isn't a five-round fight. This is a three-round fight. And, and you know, Mario Batista has at times, you know, struggled with with his takedown defense, maybe at, at times has uh, felt comfortable being taken down uh, by, by, by fighters. Uh, and then you look at, you know, a, a fight against Damone Blackshear, the, the last time that Mario Batista was, was in the octagon, uh, that was a short-notice fight uh, for Mario Batista and Damone Blackshear. Blackshear stepped in for Cody Garbrandt, who had to pull out of the fight. And obviously there's a different level of uh, talent between Garbrandt and, and Damone Blackshear, no disrespect to Blackshear, he's a good fighter, he had a twister. I mean, my God, you, anybody has a twister in, in the UFC fight, uh, you get credit or credit's due. Um, I am oppo by a lot of uh, MMA handicappers that I respect in, the, mm. in this industry. Uh, everybody's really high on Ricky Simone and has either been pointing out that he's accurately priced or uh, it's value on him. I'm on the other side. I think Mario Batista is on the come up. I think that, you know, look... 
it's a difficult proposition to change your fight strategy and prepare for a fighter when you're taking on short notice. And he looked great against Brian Kelleher. He looked awesome against Benito Lopez. He looked great against Guido Canetti, uh, another guy that had to take that fight on short notice. He's also coming out of the MMA lab. And the MMA lab is where Sugar Sean O'Malley is, it currently trains. And there's another fighter on this card also that, that, that trains at the MMA lab. They are on the come up. It's one of the gyms on the rise. One of the gyms that uh, I was paying attention to last year in 2023 and paying attention to in last year in 2024. I don't think Mario Batista is going to be threatened by the power of Ricky Simone. I think Mario Batista is going to be able to somewhat handle the grappling and, and aggression that Ricky Simone is. So similar to what I talk about with Bruno Ferreira, it's not an official play yet. And my, my releases will be Friday afternoon. I got to wait till the weigh-ins anyways. There's a couple of fights I got to pay attention to uh, to see how guys, do, guys and gals do on the scale. Uh, there are no women fights, but so, but you understand my point. I got you. Um, I'm high on Mario Batista. I All think right. that this guy is, 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 getting, is getting into the top 15, top 10 okay. by the end of this year. All right. How do you think this ends? Simone by points at plus 145. Batista by points at plus 380. Simone by submission plus 500. Batista by knockout at plus 600. I mean, look, I think if you're, you're on the Ricky Simone side, the money line is fine as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think that, yeah, he could maybe, he, he could stop him with, with, uh, with strikes, but I think probably, I think Mario Batista is a tough customer, so I think probably going with either fighter via decision okay. is, is, is the right way to go. I mean, look, Ricky Simone is a tough guy to, to, to finish, and I know, you know, Rob Font, he went three rounds with him uh, and couldn't finish him. Uriah Faber did knock him out. That was a weird uh, stoppage. It was like Uriah Faber's retirement fight. I think Ricky Simone just got caught with something 45 seconds into that fight. So I don't even count that as, you know, a negativity towards him uh, as, in regards to being a stopped. So I think either fighter on the money line is fine. If you need to, then I, either fighter via decision. But I like Mario Batista. I think he's on the come up. All right. Uh, we mentioned him earlier. Jim Miller has the most fights and the most wins in UFC history. Uh, He knocked out Jesse Butler his last time out. He's won four of his last five, all of them coming by stoppage. He is a minus 135 favorite. He faces Gabriel Benitez. Benitez is plus 108 on the money line. This fight was supposed to happen back in February, but Benitez was forced to withdraw, and then obviously Jim Miller just kept on fighting. Uh, I'm not saying he's got to look ahead here to UFC 300 because he doesn't even know if he's fighting or who he's fighting at UFC 300. I think you could safely handicap it that he's going to be on the card. That's fine. That's fine. I hope he is. Like, because he's the Get guy him with that's, like one leg. He's he's fought at UFC 100 and 200, and this will be now 300, and that might be it, right? Like, he might call it a career after we might see the gloves well, I think, come off. Well, I think what you said uh, a couple of uh, pods ago, or maybe the last time we were on the air on together, was him versus uh, Clay Guida. Clay Guida, double retirement. Yeah, like I op- love open it. up UFC 300 with that fight. I love it. That would be oh, that'd be so cool. That'd be uh, great. But nothing. Look, Jim Miller's awesome. Uh, yeah. I mean that the, the, the fact that he's still competing and, and still winning fights and still winning fights via stoppage and and. Winning fights via stoppage, via strikes. I mean, this guy's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt. This is a guy that has 19 wins of his 36 via submission. This is a guy that submitted Charles Oliveira. Like, yeah. way back in the day. Yeah. And everything is way back in the day with Jim Miller when you're talking about a guy that's 40 and competing forever. I love me some Credence Clearwater out of Revival. That's going to be booming when he walks to the octagon. So that's awesome as well. But here, stylistically against Gabriel Benitez, He's getting a favorable matchup. Gabriel Benitez is a guy that's a couple years younger than him, certainly been around the block, been in there with some of the best of the lightweight division, is an aggressive fighter, a guy that's going to look to get this fight 
into a phone booth and be in the face of Jim Miller, not necessarily like work for takedowns. And even if he did, well, then Jim Miller's going to have a decisive advantage on the ground. Jim Miller's chin has held up. He's got power. Uh, and Gabriel Benitez at times has put himself in dangerous situations where he's been stopped. So I think this is a very good matchup for Jim Miller. The public agrees. Jim Miller opened up on this when this fight card was announced and when the, the lines came out. He was an underdog. He is now a pretty sizable favorite, $1.40, $1.45, I think, at last check. So this is a great matchup for Jim Miller. I love him even as the favorite on the money line. Right. And I do believe also that stylistically, because of the way that these two guys match up, you're going to have to throw a little juice on it. But I think the under at two and a half is also a safe play. I think it, the line came out at one and a half. I'm not uber confident in that. I could see something later on. Um, and, and either way, too, like Jim Miller could stun Gabriel Benitez and then lock in a guillotine or f- flat out knock him out. But I think the Jim Miller is a safe play on the money line because of the stylistic matchup and what we've seen, him looking very impressive, uh, winning uh, you know, four of his last five fights. Or, yeah, four of his last five fights. Jim Miller by knockout, plus 300. Jim Miller by submission, plus 420. Do anything for you? He's such an equal opportunist. Yeah. And I wish I could get Jim Miller by. I got to look for inside this Inside the distance? Well, yeah. Well, yeah. Jim Miller. Yeah. Inside the distance. Yes. Like that's, I need that's the. definitely going to be available. I Let's need the. Here. I just got to find it. Here. I've, I've got Benitez. Benitez. Miller inside the distance. Okay. Not Ruiz yet on FanDuel, but okay. Ruiz on uh, another book I'm seeing. Plus. 130. Okay. All right. I'll do that. That's yeah, that's and, and Benitez is this is, is priced at plus one eighty. Okay. So that, I mean there's the fundamental difference between the, the, the favorite and the underdog. Uh I like that. I, I like I like yeah. the plus inside the distance. I think Jim Miller's gonna get the finish. Did you hear what he said to Bruce Buffer about Bruce Buffer? So he did his press conference yesterday or earlier this morning or whatever, and um was talking about fighting at UFC 300, and we've talked to Bruce Buffer before, and he take obviously Bruce Buffer takes his job very seriously and announcing all these fighters and everything like that. But he wants to convince Bruce Buffer if he fights at UFC 300 to introduce him as Jim Fucking Miller. <laughs> That'd be great. I mean, I mean it's pay per view. Who pay-per-view. cares? Well, I mean, they then, swear then he, all the time. Well, then yeah, it's fine. Like it doesn't matter. But he, I mean, Jim Miller. I don't want Jim Miller on the pay per view. Like, I love him, but I don't want him on the pay-per-view. Because okay, that means that he's whatever. one of the six featured fights. I want him as the opening prelim to the prelims. Okay, so those are on ESPN, right? Yeah, okay. or ESPN+. Plus. All right, whatever. If the puncher can swear, so can Bruce Buffer. Yeah, no, it's fine. Like, they have delay. Like, Joni, does, no, Joni, no, no, no. Joni X said I, shit on the air I yesterday. I don't, I don't want delay. That. No, I need I to hear it. Live. I want to hear it. If the punter can swear, then he can swear. Okay, That's you, ridiculous. You know what? I, I think Dana White will pony up for that, for sure. I mean, pony up the don't don't fighters swear sometimes in their post fight interviews all the time? Yeah, they try and catch it. They try and catch it with the dump button. That's the, so the bleep, sweet. But. It's twenty twenty four for God's sake. Hell damn fart. People swear. <laughs> People swear. <laughs> all right, another rematch as our uh, co-main event here uh, at flyweight for uh, Matthias Nikolai against uh, Manel Cop. It's going to be a good fight. Rematch. Um, a rematch, yes. Uh, Manel is minus 290. Mateus is plus 215. This should be a great fight. Uh, and then it was a split decision uh, victory for... Nikolai. Nikolai, yes. Yeah. I was reading this wrong. For Nikolai, last time out. So can Manel Cop get revenge 
and he's obviously minus 290 the favorite A lot here. of people think that he can. I, I think, you know, and it could be argued, too, as a split decision. It could be argued that Benel Cop was, you know, on his way to, to, to scoring and winning in two out of those three rounds. It was just that he, he succumbed to takedowns early in that fight the first time that they met. And actually, like, didn't realize, like, how good of a takedown defense artist he is. I mean, he's got a clip of around, like, 84% takedown defense. And what he's known as is a striker. I mean, this guy's got unbelievable striking and power for the flyweight division. This is a guy that, that can really hurt some people, especially at that weight class. And we've seen it. His knockout against Odie Osborne comes to mind. was a beautiful, like, back-footed flying knee, and he knocked him out. Um, and a guy that, you know, is now facing in Nikolai, uh, who has struggled against powerful strikers, who's, who's been stopped by, by a TKO, uh, Brandon Royvel just did it to him his last time out and he's been dropped in several of his fights. So I think it's the, the, the odds make sense for the favoritism for Manel Cobb, why he's such a big time favorite, because I think he just has to start to execute his, his game plan earlier in the fight, you know? understand it to win this fight and win it kind of convincingly make sure he's standing make sure you keep this fight standing because you're not going to necessarily be threatened by the strikes of Mateus Nikolai uh and cops going to carry that power that that has caused issues for for Nikolai before if you're on the the the, the Nikolai camp I get it I mean he's a talented fighter mm-hmm. um Losing to Brandon Royval is, is is no discredit at all. We obviously saw how talented a fighter Brandon Royval was against Pantoja in the championship fight at UFC uh, 296. Or, yeah, 296. But to me, the, the, this this money line does make sense. I think Cop overwhelms him with strikes, keep it, keeps it standing, and, and probably gets a finish. Probably gets a finish. We're going to see Nikolai uh, you know, get taken down uh, and get knocked out by Benel Cop. All right, so cop by knockout is plus 180. Cop by points is plus 175, though. You thinking cop gets the knockout at I think plus cop 180? Gets the, I think cop gets the knockout at plus 180, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just worry about, you know, what is Nikolai going to look like following the loss, even though it was to Brandon Ravel back in April, so there's obviously been some time since he's been in the octagon, mm-hmm. but susceptible to the knockdowns. Uh, and if you're susceptible to the knockdowns, but you're still winning fights, I think he was knocked down uh, in the Tim Elliott fight. I think he was knocked down in the Matt Schnell fight. Those aren't powerful punchers. Manel Cop is. And Manel mm-hmm. Cop, when he hits you, lights go out. All right. Our main event is another rematch that was prematurely halted uh, less than three months ago in Abu Dhabi. Magomed Ankalaev against Johnny Walker. Uh, Ankalaev has been on a tear. He's undefeated in his last 11 UFC appearance. And Johnny Walker uh, looked like he was going to be out of that fight after that takedown. And then the illegal knee to the face uh, stopped that fight you know, like I said, less than three months ago. So these guys are getting back at it here pretty quickly. Magomed Ankalaev is minus 590. Yeah. I as mean, the favorite. Look, there's a reason why. Is because A, a lot of people still believe that he's the uncrowned champion of the light heavyweight division that mm-hmm. was on his way to likely winning a fight against Jan Bohovic. Uh, but then Dana White got so pissed and said, yeah, neither of these assholes are winning the championship. I'm going to give it to uh, the winner of Jamal Hill and Glover Teixeira. Yeah. Hill gets the title. Then, uh, you know, loses it because he gets hurt and you know, whatever. All the craziness that ensues now. Alex Pereira is the champ. Um, so there's A. There's B is also is because of, yeah, the way that that fight was going. I mean, first off, if you went back and watched it, um, first couple of minutes, both guys very tentative. Johnny Walker being smart, landing leg kicks because that's what he's going to have to utilize against Magomed and Kalaya. But then Kalaya, who's, the, I think, the better striker. I mean, there's more versatility maybe with Johnny Walker, but I think 
Magomed Ankalaev is a more powerful striker and better striker. He landed a body shot, and that that really bothered Johnny Walker. And Johnny Walker, when he gets frazzled, when he gets in trouble, he does crazy shit. Yeah. And he threw a flying knee. It nearly landed, but he didn't land it. And then Magomed Ankalaev took him down and started to dominate, control him. And then, yes, he did throw the illegal knee. The interesting thing that's come up, and I'll probably have to rewatch this fight one more time, but it seemed to me there was obviously clear confusion. Uh, the referee and the doctor had some issues prior with a previous fight on that Abu Dhabi card. But the storyline that I'm hearing again with a lot of people is that, like, Johnny Walker wanted out of the fight. Like, Johnny Walker, when he had the chance to get out of the fight, and then when, obviously, when it was called, he's like, no, I want to fight, I want to yeah, fight. Yeah, yeah. But they were saying, like, he didn't want it. He didn't want the fight. Like he was asked, like where he was, and like he was like, I don't, I wouldn't even know where I was if I didn't wasn't in a fight. Yeah. Like, so there's that, there's there's that s- scenario. Uh, so I, I don't know if I buy that or not. I mean, just Michael Adenkov is the better fighter. I mean, Johnny Walker's certainly improved. He was on a what three fight win streak up until the no contest. Mm-hmm. People are high on his new camp at SBG Ireland. He's been more reserved, more patient, cerebral fighter. Uh, he's not the crazy man, but the dude's chin is still glass jaw, glass Joe. Mike yeah. Tyson's, if you will. Uh, and that's a, and, 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 and Kalayev, like, got the takedown and, like, wanted the takedown and got it. And I think uh, both fighters won't be tentative this time around, even though it's a five round fight. I yeah. think both are going to go balls to the wall and try to end this one early. Magomed Ankalaev's not going to mess around. He's like, I can take this guy down whenever I want and smash him. And he's going to smash him. Yeah. I think in the first round. Or in the first seven and a half minutes of I've never, this fight. I've never seen this. I don't think we've, we've been doing this, what, two years now? Yeah. I don't think I've seen this high of odds for a method of victory. Minus 190. Almost, you know, minus for 200 for knockout. For uh, no- I've seen it at, for at, I've seen it at 225. That's crazy. So, like, I mean, that that's the expectation. Yeah. I mean, they're expecting that, that to happen. Now, look, if you want to take a flyer on Johnny Walker, he's plus 390 right now at FanDuel. Good for you. Okay. Like, I'd rather you take the flyer on Andre Andre Orlovsky at plus four thirty on the prelims. I'll gi- I'll give you the value here. Okay, you ready for this? I'm the value hunter. Yes. I'm like uh, what do you call it? Indiana Jones hunting for little values that belong in museums and whatnot. Magomed Ankalaev to win by knockout in rounds one or two plus one fifteen. Okay. I mean, can you find me what it is just in round one? Eliminate the round two. Because in cause... round one, two, or three is minus one thirty. Uh, I don't have it in round. You might have to get a different okay. Uh, okay. book. Uh, the, pl- the plus 115 or the minus 130 are both fine. If, yeah. you're, if you're telling me I'm taking a guy down, because I don't believe Ankalaev's going to submit Johnny Walker. No. I think he's just going to get on top of him and smash him or land something that Johnny yeah. Walker's going to crumble. Uh, and I could do that in the first three rounds. Yeah, minus yeah, 130. I, I'm, I'm there with you. Okay. I'm there with you. All right. So that is uh, this UFC fight night coming up on Saturday night. Again, we're recording this on a Thursday, so odds and stuff may change. But we're going with Magomed Ankalaev to win by knockout in rounds one or two at plus 115, and also rounds one, two, or three at minus 130. We're also taking Ferreira money line at minus 130. Batista money line sprinkle at plus 146. Uh, Miller minus 135, and also the under in that fight at, at two and a half, and then Manel Kopp by knockout at plus 180. Just a little bit of a sprinkle. Listen, it's Saturday night. There's going to be some NFL games. If they don't go your way, you're going to have to maybe do some sprinkling here for these uh, for these games. That's Jordan Sherwood. Get all of his picks at FatJackSports.com. FatJack gave you a great, great shout-out uh, on Let's uh, uh, let's, uh, let's, let's get the, the, the dog. What? 
Yeah. We need the dog. Oh, we need the dog? There's, need, news, there's news in the pod? In the there's pod. news in the You have alerts set I, to your phone? Yes, oh I do. Oh, my God. <laughs> All What's right, going good. on, Lassie? UFC 300. Yeah. Has added. Yeah. A file. No. Bantamweight match. Okay. Between two former champions. Okay. Cody Garbrandt. All right. Versus Figgy. Devison Figueroa. Okay, that's fine. That fight is awesome. That's a good fight. That fight is awesome. That's a good fight. That's on yeah. the prelims. On the prelims? On the, oh my no, god! No, that's what I'm saying to you. Okay, Jesus. I'm saying to All right, you. That's different. Uh, that changes prelims. everything. No, not main card. Oh, that not that okay, fine. That changes. I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. Maybe it is on the main card. I'm telling you, it should be on the. It'll be. I like, mean, the prelims better look like a UFC fight night. That's what I'm saying. Like that's yeah. You're right. Okay. All right. I like that. Good job, Lassie. Okay. <laughs> Breaking news. I love that during the podcast. So anyway, FatJackSports.com for all of Jordan's picks. Follow him on Twitter. What on ESPN 1000? He gave you a great shout out. He said the year of 2024 is going to be the year of Jordan Sherwood. So make sure you get those picks at FatJack Sports along with all the NFL, NBA, and college basketball picks there as well. I'm Adam Abdallah. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam A. Abdallah. And we will be back next week for another episode of the Unnamed MMA Podcast to preview UFC 297. Thanks for listening.